this is Coach's Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You're in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coach's Chat. It's been a week and I sort of forgot my intro, but maybe that serves the purpose of like, maybe I need a new intro. I don't know. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for turning this on. If you are new here, welcome. And if you have been here a while, thanks for sticking around. I've got so much planned for this year as far as content goes on sort of all platforms, but I'm excited about Coaches Chat because we are increasing the episode numbers. So there will now be two episodes per week of Coaches Chat, new episodes dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays, barring any sort of like major issue. Remember that I'm a human being and sometimes it doesn't happen. But the goal here is uh, twice a week. Gonna try to keep a lot of these episodes short, little nuggets so that you can quickly listen here and there. I always found that it was really helpful for me to be able to listen to something focused on my professional development, like um, when I was on the subway or when I'm in the car, quickly in between clients at a lunch break. So hopefully these are quick and digestible and then I'll have longer guest episodes and I'm excited about the guests that we have lined up for this year already. So without further ado, let's talk about the topic of today, which is five tips for the new year things to focus on this month in January. Sometimes I think when we think about these big goals, as far as our professional development goes, oh, I feel so out of breath. I worked out like a long time ago today, but I feel out of breath. As far as our professional development goes, we oftentimes have these like long-term goals. And I I spoke about it in a previous episode about sort of um, periodizing our education and our continuing education as we go. But let's talk about sort of small things to focus on in the immediate. And I think particularly for new trainers, those who have not been around more than a year, more than two years, trainers who might even just have the CPT and have yet to take that leap into a career or into um, applying for a position as a personal trainer. You've heard that as a re- as a recurring theme in these episodes from guests as well as myself, that a lot of people get these personal training certifications and then they, they, they pause on the actual act of applying for a job or starting their own coaching because they're worried that they don't know what to do. So I love these five tips. I did a post on Instagram and that was the inspiration, but I'm going to go into them just a little bit more in this episode. The five like essentials 
for new trainers to focus on in January. There's a lot that you could be thinking about. There's a lot that could take brain space for you and that you could be trying to accomplish. If we narrow that focus a little bit, I think this will be really, really helpful. So let's start with number one. One and maybe the most important in terms of stressing about your success in this job, as well as allowing yourself to grow at a pace that works for you, is that it is truly not about how fast you get clients. It's about how well you nurture relationships. So there's pressure as a new trainer to get enough clients to make enough money to survive, honestly, but also there's an expectation. Many times in commercial gym settings, you are expected to have a certain client load, a certain client hours. And when you're starting, if you're starting with other trainers at the same time or trainers started maybe three months from you, three months before you, you might be thinking like, oh, compared to these other people, where am I? And there is a... an some, I would say sometimes unspoken, but depending on who is leading your team of trainers or supervising or anything, sometimes it can be a spoken pressure, a race to gather clients as quickly as you can. Now, the quicker we get clients, the quicker we find that financial security, the, the sooner this role becomes um, like financially viable for us and more like a job than sort of wandering around trying to get your job to start. Unlike other roles where you are given a work schedule and you just show up and you get paid for it and you leave, you are sort of crafting your own schedule. You're responsible in many of these cases for acquiring your clients. But it's not a race. It may feel like a race. It's not. And oftentimes, the longer it takes to get clients can be a signal that if you're taking all the steps, if you're, if you're actively pursuing all the things that will help you get clients in a way that is authentic to you, then it'll take as long as it takes. You will have clients that are good fits and ideally they're staying with you for a long, long time. People who acquire clients very quickly sometimes are super successful and it's just their personality and it's just their ability to communicate the value and they they have this thing about them that moves that process along. Great for them. Sometimes individuals who are acquiring clients at a rapid rate are getting anybody and kind of pulling the wool, I wouldn't say pulling the wool over somebody's eyes, but they're using tactics that have somebody sign up and then are they able to deliver on the promise? Who knows? And the more grandiose the promise that we make to a potential client, the more potential there is for disappointing or not living up to what what they are expecting from the service you're providing. So if you're stressing about not having the flashy things or not being able to make these sort of wildly extreme promises that bring people in very quickly, know that your ability to be patient, 
your ability to take all the steps, and your ability to work on being able to promise what you can promise is going to yield potentially long-term results. So you get to relax. Just relax in it. Find the things that work for you. Give yourself some benchmarks, but remember, it's not about fast. And there's an expectation. I did an episode a long time ago about how January is actually not the like biggest month to get personal training clients. It's oftentimes later. Even if January is feeling slow, don't stress about it. Don't stress about it. Put the work in. Oftentimes what we plant now is going to yield the seeds we plant now yields our flowers later. So you just got to give yourself time. And the more like hustle you put on yourself, the more pressure you put on yourself, those interactions with potential clients become more tentative. They become more stressed out. So take your time. January doesn't have to be the magical month where you acquire all your clients. Keep at it. Keep at it. Number two, and I say this a lot for people and nobody believes me. (laughs) Nobody believes me um, because the lure of the specialization makes it seem like you're going to be able to sell all these, sell it to all these potential clients and be the so-and-so guy at the gym. Number two is before you learn a highly specialized niche, get really good at programming and coaching the basics. If you're working in a commercial gym, if you're a new trainer, you may also find that you're stressed out because you see like six older trainers who have these like, this is the pregnancy coach and this is the mobility coach and this is the post rehab coach. You as a new trainer do not have to be there. You don't. If you have an internet presence, you may have to niche sooner, but I encourage you if you're brand new to get good at the absolute basics because the majority of clientele that we are going to see in a commercial gym setting need the basics and they need the basics good. People who skip a step oftentimes don't have the tools to coach the everyday general fitness client. They haven't figured out all the ways to communicate a cue. They haven't figured out all the ways to program these three basic exercises. Basics are not boring. They're boring if you're choosing to make them that. There's so much you can learn about it. There's so much you can practice you can do that these things can be highly, highly, highly effective and really valuable. So worth people's hard-earned money if you put time and attention to it. I oftentimes think it's the lack of focus on the basics that makes them seem so because they're not being delivered very well. We're trying to skip steps. We're trying to get to fancy lifts. We're trying to have this like specialized knowledge, but then I can't help you apply the things that you're going to need at a foundational level. So focus on getting really good at the basics. There's a lot of creativity that exists in there. Next one. Oh, these are only four things. Darn, I started this whole episode as five. Should I make up a fifth one? (laughs) Or should there just be four? Well, the episode title will say four. You'll be listening to this and you're like, wait, the episode title said four. If you're paying attention. If you're driving, maybe you missed it and you don't even notice. 
This is hilarious. I'm not re-recording because, because the nuggets are here. So you got one, two, number three, watch people move inside and outside of the gym. I would say the most, some of the best trainers I know are fascinated by human movement and watching how different people move. When you read a textbook preparing you to be a certified personal trainer, you get like three generic people in like blue shorts and a white t-shirt tucked in. I know the like CSCS textbook, I think it's even like a blue shirt, a blue shorts and like a red Hanes cotton tee. You can't really see their body and they only use three examples and they're all like the good version of the exercise. I'm, I'm doing quotes here. The people who come in to the gym are going to look different. There are going to be different limb lengths. There are going to be different pelvis structures. There are going to be different length of necks. There's going to be different um, head posture. There's going to be different uh, ways people sit, ways people stand, ways people shift their weight. There are going to be things that happen in someone's life that have created this tiny little footprint of physical shift that makes them move unique to them. The more bodies you see, the more your brain has images, has a Rolodex of ideas when it comes to addressing the needs of clients. And sometime I'll do an episode about how I think we do a lot of overcorrecting and over-manipulating people's bodies when if they're not in pain, does it really matter what their squat looks like or whatever? But that's another episode for another day, and it's more nuanced than that one sentence. But the more people you see move, both doing exercises as well as just living their lives, so inside and outside of the gym, the better you get at anticipating how your clients will move, how you can help them move better or with Uh, move in a way that can make them stronger, move in a way that can help them get free of pain, any of that. So watch, watch, watch. The reason why trainers who have been around a long time are just inherently a little bit better, not the only reason, but one of them is that they've seen people. They've seen lots of people. So there's no disadvantage really to you having a ton of complimentary prospect sessions because it just gives you time after time after time where you can see people move. Super cool. All right, number four, and the last one of these things. I can't remember now. I can't remember if I said five or four. Anyway, it's four. No, I definitely said five at the beginning. It's four. Number four, the last thing, also equally important, remember to have fun. A lot of well-intended, well-intentioned new trainers are so stressed out about getting it right, are so stressed out about body mechanics and coaching that they aren't fun people to be around. And at at its core, someone is paying to spend an hour with you. Please be a fun person. That does it. And fun looks different for everybody. Some people love the, you know, clinician style thing or the, the mechanic. But also some people like a little extra encouragement. Some people like some jokes. Some people like some banter back and forth. Some people want to have a friend to chat with about kids and that kind of thing. This is about getting to know people. 
What's going to help them? Understanding them. So while you're working to be the best you can be, don't become a textbook. Use the things that are great about who you are as a person, how you interact with people. What would your friends or other colleagues say are the aspects of your personality that are unlike anybody else or that, or are the reasons why they like spending time with you? Some of those things on top of your knowledge, on top of your experience, and on top of what you've programmed should seep into this experience with your clients because we are relating and we are creating and building and nurturing relationships. That seems pretty self-explanatory, but it it bears repeating. Okay, so I'm going to go back through the four things to recap so that once I once again I say four and that you have them uh, to focus on in this month. One, it's not about how fast you get clients. It's about how well you nurture relationships. It takes time. It's a long game. If we really want to stay in it, it's a long game. Two, before you learn a highly specialized niche, get really good at programming and coaching the basics. Your niche will present itself or what you are going to focus on later. You got time. This whole if you're if you're building a career, you've got time to get there. Get good at the basics. It will also create a great foundation for your ability to niche later. Watch people move. Number three. Watch people move inside and outside of the gym. Take your lunch break outside. Watch people grocery shop. Watch people at the park. Watch other people's clients. Watch people when you're, when you're doing your workouts. Don't be weird about it. Don't stare. Don't make people feel uncomfortable or that you're judging them or that you're being weird. Just observe. Observe intentionally. And then four, the last one, remember to have fun. Your clients are coming to train, not to listen to a robot. I want you to learn it all. I want you to get really good. I don't want you to sacrifice your ability to communicate at a scientific level with and show what it is you know, but you also have to be able to translate that to clients and you have to make this an enjoyable experience for them. Okay, those are your four things. Let me know how they go. Seriously, I sometimes think people like genuinely don't think they can take me up on this. Take me up on it. Send me a DM on Instagram, at foster underscore strength. I'm on TikTok now. I'm really going to go full blown into TikTok. Same handle, at foster underscore strength. I don't know how you find it on there. We'll, we'll repeat, we'll come back with that. (laughs) And you can send me an email, Betsy at bfosterstrong.com. Again, so grateful for you and all that you have given me by showing up, by being supportive, by listening. Doesn't go unnoticed. Really, really grateful. Got big things planned. A reminder that we've got episodes on Tuesday and Friday, so be sure to check back. And until next time, go do incredible things. Bye.